back to the Flying Line podcast. We got a full house tonight. We got two Zachs on. And we got Sam with us talking about FC Cincinnati's 3-1 convincing win and probably longest win, um, I guess, over the course of two days against the Chivas team uh, in the League's Cup. So excited to talk about this game a little bit at the end of the episode about some possible incoming transfers. Um, and then uh, we'll kick it off, give a little bit of a kind of preview uh, for an upcoming game, which would be this Friday. Uh, still not sure who we're going to play yet. But Sam, what were your initial thoughts of uh, this game against Chivas um, on this past Thursday and Friday? Yeah, um, obviously the uh, initial reactions is, geez, like that took forever. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, it was such a long game to you know, watch and I'm sure be a part of, um, you know, spanning two days as we'll touch on a little bit later. But um, as far as the actual game itself, um, you know, I, I thought we played extremely well. Um, we played like the best team in the MLS and the best team across two countries. Right. Um, and I think that goes to show, you know, the level that the MLS is at. And I, I don't know if it, it just shows the difference of, you know, a mid season, league versus you know uh just starting their season league right which I'm, I'm sure we'll touch on a little bit more later but um yeah I, I thought we played really well um in the second half I thought it was thought it was okay um but you know I I always like to see a, a win and you know on to the next round of the league's cup we go yeah I I thought it was a very interesting game um just considering some of the things that Pat Noonan said about the first half, um, which we'll get into a little bit um, later, but I mean, overall the boys did a great job. Um, played a heck of a game. The, the, with regards to the entire two day span of game, I guess you could say um, the full, I think it was, I was on Google and it said like 980 minutes or something, or I saw like, <laughs> 18 and a half hours between the opening and closing whistles is right. insane. insane. Yeah. But I, I, it was a very unique experience. I would say, I, I don't think that's really happened in any um, tournament play. I don't, it'd be interesting to look at, but yeah, it was, it was a fun game to say the least. Yeah. Um, being there and watching the game in person um, was a, uh, very realistic and uh, point of view to watch a different culture um, of players come into the United States and have a different kind of atmosphere from the fans. Um, and it was an, it was an exciting game um, in the first half. And then of course, in the second half, you go about 12 minutes in and you're cut by a rain delay. So I, I, uh, believe a lot of fans were not that happy about that. Um, but it was a exciting game to watch um, overall. And I can't wait for the next um, game to come. Zach, it's funny you kind of touched on that because I think somebody had commented on our past couple podcasts. We've had a few yellow cards and red cards about the weather. Uh, so I'm glad you touched on that, Zach, because it seems like uh, we've been calling it out recently and this is what we've been getting. So it seems like uh, hopefully this isn't a trend for the future. I don't know, Zach, what were you? I think you're about to comment on that, but I was just going to say third time's a charm, isn't it? That's the third one, right? I think Ended we up in a third or, third or fourth in a row now at TQL, which is just insane. Um, but overall, I agree with you guys. Good takes. Um you know, solid win, you know, like we had touched on, I think last podcast, Chivas is the top team in the Mexican league, even though they're only three or four games in. Um, but we just look the better team from the first 10 minutes out there. I think they were motivated. They were wanting to show that they were better than, um, you know, the sporting Kansas city game the week prior. Um, and they really dominated that. Now that was kind of started off um, a little bit kind of on a weird note. Uh, the lineups come out, you know, about an hour before kickoff. And I, you know, I see Santos up there and I see Bupenza and I'm like, okay, this will be interesting to see how they, you know, play together. Sam, I think I, I touched on it or I text the group. I was like, I'm curious to see how these guys are together. Um, and then, you know, I see Brandon Vasquez warming up. And wasn't sure what that was about, but um, I was happy that they brought Vasquez in. 
Yeah, I I thought it was an interesting move. You know, obviously when they they put out the starting lineup, you know, once again it's a thought of, okay, like here we go. You know, Santos and Bupenza, let's let's get it. There's probably going to be a lot of energy up front. Um, and then you know we kind of get word that Santos is having it was a calf, right? Um, a little bit of calf discomfort, and you know, once again, it, it's one of those things where. You know, after the signing of Bupenza and after Brenner leaves, you know, we 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 feel solid. Like we've got, you know, our strikers back at place. Vasquez is good. Santos is good. You know, we've got uh, Bupenza, like I said. And now that Santos is out, you're you're relying on Kimi, right, um, as a possible striker, even, you know, Kubo, which I, I hope not, or Acosta up top. But I, I think that hopefully it's not, you know, too serious that it just doesn't get re-aggravated and, you know, keeps happening, but um, definitely was an interesting to see interesting thing to see um, there at the the beginning of the game. Um, But obviously as we watch the rest of the game, we're very, very happy that Vasquez started and Santos did not. I feel like I want to be like the Bengals fans and like give my calf to Santos, just like Joe Burrow is now getting a calf. I don't know if it's as serious too. though, but I mean, what's going on here? There's <laughs> a couple a of calf flesh. injuries going on in Cincinnati, <laughs> but uh, Zach, what do you think um, about the starting lineup? Yeah, I, honestly, same, same with uh, both you and um, Sam. I mean, I, I was really excited to see just full speed on the front line, just Santos and Bupenza just, running circles around everybody, drawing fouls left and right, um, really looking forward to it. And then, like you said, I Santos uh, took that, I must have said a knock in warm-ups or something, but mm-hmm. I, I'm curious, is that like the same um, injury that's been aggravating him through history, or is that something that's new? Because I'm curious if that might, because of that, that might mess up other things, you know? I don't... The dude is like shredded. I mean, it seems like he's like walking on glass half the time because he's like always getting injured. Unfortunately, it's been like his hamstrings. It's been his calves. And it was on the final shot of warmups. Um, now, initially, it was reported calf. I think today somebody had even mentioned like hamstring. Who knows what it is? I just hope that yeah. the dude's all right. But uh, Z-Dub, what do you think, man? Yeah. Um, not knowing a lot of these guys made me question uh, what was actually going to happen in the game. Um, but I was happy to see Vasquez in the starting lineup as uh, as well as Bupenza up out in top striker. Um, so, yeah, I was nervous coming into this game, um, not knowing who was actually going to be in the starting lineup until really soon before the, the match started. So I was, uh, I was happy to finally see the – the guys who were coming out and they performed. So, yeah, I mean, even early on, right. In the first, you know, two minutes of the game, um, it was just unbelievable. It almost get, kind of gave me like shades of the Columbus crew game a few years ago where we get a goal within 30 seconds. I mean, obviously it was within the first or second minute, um, but you know, we're on a good break. Um, I think Bupenza plays Vasquez out wide at the top of the box he cuts around on his right foot and just whips a beautiful ball over the keeper. Um, so I, I thought that was a great way to start it off. Not only to say like, I didn't warm up, you know, I wasn't supposed to be starting, <laughs> but against the team, if people aren't familiar, um, Chiva squad of Lahara actually put a bid in for Vasquez um, earlier this year for uh, at first about 500,000, which was kind of like a slap in the face. They apparently had looked online and that was this, random websites valuation of him now they obviously updated that bid and it went up to about seven million um but still vasquez is like you know what that isn't enough so he goes in and just puts one in right away so i i love that i love that uh first goal what do you think sam yeah i i definitely you know i i think vasquez has been you know a different player since he came back from the u.s men's national team so um it was nice to see him get on the board like real quick and, and it wasn't it wasn't lucho creating for him it wasn't anybody else creating for him that was him that was his goal and it was within the first two minutes of the game and so um i don't i don't think a lot of the times that you can really say that you know vasquez is able to create his own shot if you will um i think that's been a lot of u.s men's national team fans um kind of debate when it comes to that that striker position up top for them 
And so being able to see Vasquez create on his own and say, Hey, like, you know, I'm, I, I can be a pure goal scorer. I can create on my own. And what a heck of a shot too. Like what a curl. Um, and like I said, within the two first two minutes of the match, like if you really wanted to say something that, I mean, no better, no better time to say it than the first two minutes of the game. Man. Yeah. You, you nailed it. I mean, if, if with Vasquez, like, to your point, he, he doesn't create, I don't think there's another, any goal that he's created on his own where he just outright dribbles and shoots, you know, like he's always getting an assist help some way, shape or form cross header, you know? Um, and I think it was critical to the match as well, because I mean, that really put Chivas behind on the back foot and that we kept the pressure up and it really, um, that momentum, it really kind of made Chivas look flat in my opinion. Like they didn't really have much, um, like they didn't really challenge Alec Khan from that point on. So, um, yeah, no, I agree. Um, especially with like the, like starting out early against them and like just setting the tone against a top team like that. Um, Zach Wade could probably attest to this because, you know, like we were both there and could hear it. Um, the Chivas fans were just incredible. They were bringing the energy. They had like their flags going. They had probably, I would say, about 45% of the attendance of the stadium. So, you know, you go out within two minutes, you bang in a goal, and you kind of quiet them a little bit. Didn't you feel that in the stadium there, Zach? Oh, 100%. The first, oh, he scored in the first, the first minute, and that energy of the crowd – especially from the Bailey that night went just disrupt, it disrupted. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was the uh, FC energy from there that I think led the, led the match um, to scoring again in the seventh minute. And then it even got louder, but I was right. uh, to give credit to the other team, their fans would not stop the, mm-hmm. the chat, the chance and the, uh, the flags waving in the air. It was just an incredible atmosphere to uh to, to witness. But yeah. Yeah, I mean that's a good shout too, because especially with how soon we get our second goal, you know, like Zach said in the seventh minute, um, we have a nice build up play. Lucho plays a through ball to Barial. Barial slots this beautiful ball. And how many times have we seen this guys where Vasquez has made himself available in the box? You know, that's his bread and butter, like you guys are saying. Like Zach Cross had said, you know he doesn't really create as many of those chances for that, but he certainly is finding himself in good positions earlier on in the year. Wouldn't finish them necessarily as well, but Barrow plays this ball in. he knows Vasquez is going to step off of the back defender and he whips it in for a second goal, you know, eight minutes in now we're up to well. Um, but you know, he was right. The, the fans for Chivas, I give them credit. They were really, you know, loud for their team. A lot of them probably are traveling from all over the country to see him. Um, they're obviously disappointed, but they believe in their team still and a possible comeback because it is so early in the game at that point. Yeah, I, I think, you know, moving on to the to the rest of the game, um, let's talk about the, the second 45. Like, hmm. so being there, obviously, Ryan, Zach, you guys were there at the game and having to sit through, you know, those rain delay after rain delay, how was that for you guys? Ryan, you want to go and then Zach, you can go like, just give me a, a glimpse of that. And also the, the listeners kind of just give us a glimpse of, you know, the, what it, what it felt like to sit there and not only get game time right at halftime. And then it was all, all right, here we go. We're going to play again. And then, you know, another rain delay. So I contrast this to the last game. Um, if you recall in the sporting Kansas city game, we go into a weather delay in about the 30th minute. Weird time for there to be a delay. You know, this time we're in the 59th minute. Again, another weird time. Um, I, I contrasted, though, to the last game where you couldn't see lightning. It wasn't raining. And all of a sudden there was this big, long, you know, break. And it was only about a 30 or 40 minute break. Whereas this time, uh, I don't know if you guys could, you know, realize this watching on TV, but Zach and I saw it. Um, it started lightning like probably 10 or 15 minutes before they even had called, you know, the match for a delay or, you know, to go into that break. Um, So I was surprised that, okay, last week we didn't even see lightning and they, you know, stopped it, but this week we're seeing it and they let play go on for a long time before they stopped it. 
Um, but it killed the vibe. You know, we were hoping originally like it was supposed to be a quick shower, but there's so many fans that it's so hot. You can't, you know, get your cell coverage to see if there's storms coming in or not. So we're just kind of waiting and waiting. Um, and Zach will probably kind of touch on this too, but they started playing, you know, songs for, um, you know, our supporters, some for the Chivas supporters that they were familiar with. So that kind of created a cool atmosphere. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, they were uh, the the Chivas supporters were actually singing to their songs. And then you had the FC fans who contributed with their chants. And then they started playing um, like Americanized music, sort of. Um, but it, it fit two cultures together um, that it mixed very well uh, for being in a, a soccer stadium and what the circumstances were. Um, and I think to contest to what Ryan said and Sam said about uh, the kind of energy that uh, went downhill um, once the once the delay started, I mean, the FC crowd was up and going because of the red card that happened hmm. with three minutes of stoppage to, or, or three minutes of stoppage time left. And so we were we were excited to see what that that second half brought because of what happened. And once once the um, the weather came in, uh, everybody started looking at their phones and then you you didn't know how long it was going to take. And it ended up being till I forget, like 1 a.m. Yeah, 1 a.m. <laughs> in the morning where they come out on on their social medias and say, OK, the uh, the game's been postponed. Yeah. And you're you're sitting there at like 1215, I think it was. And you're you're thinking to yourself, do do we stay? Do we leave? Because you don't know what's gonna happen. But yeah, it was just strange. I'd never had that for an FC game where I've like left without the match being finished. That was for me the like most strange thing. And with the fact that like we dominated the first half, I think I had seen it somewhere. Like Pat Noonan said, this was the best we've played like all year. I'm like, I want to see this. I really want to see the you know rest of this game. Do they come back? Like, how do we finish it out? So just bizarre it was strange but it's so league's cup though that's what we yeah. learned well and then so chivas gets their goal right so right now it's 2-1 and can we can I, we I touch know, on like, how they get it too yeah 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 go ahead i mean uh, unbelievable like sequence of like you have this delay you know between days and now you know the big thing we didn't even touch on is like these fans came from all over now, like, are they going to be able to go the next day and watch their team? Well, because they don't have the staffing and everyone to like support it. Like they don't get to see it. We don't get to see our guys. So it's an empty stadium. It felt very like COVID esque. It was just bizarre seeing it on TV. You get this restart. The players are ready to go and they throw a long ball in and the guy heads it over con. And you're like, Oh crap, what are we going to do now? So Zach Cross, I guess, what did you think when that happened? Man, I, I was like, this can't be real. Like, what? It just seemed like Alec Khan didn't really try, in my opinion, on that one. Um, it, it was it, just a complete fluke. It seemed like like we were not ready. Obviously, we were after a break from um, the delay. I mean, it's like you lose all momentum. You you lose every bit of um like your touch and whatnot i mean i don't know what it's like to play 60 minutes like outright and then just stop for like the 24 well, or yeah whatever 12 hours, hours or like, yeah yeah whatever um and then keep playing and then it also gives chivas the entire break and all their guys are all healthy and it, it almost felt like it was a back to 11 v 11 when we when we started back so um it was just a, like you guys said, bizarre situation. Um, but the rest of the game, it, it felt, it was kind of funny. I don't know if you guys watched the highlights or the review on Apple TV, but it's, it's really funny. It just like goes and plays the, the game and then it just stops and then flips over to the daytime. That's and it's funny. like, it, it was like a smooth transition. I'm like, whoa, this is weird without any sort of like mention of a delay, but yeah. Yeah, there was there was no foreshadowing or anything. Just cut. All right, hey, there's nobody in the stadium. That's weird. 
Um, it almost seemed like there it was like a, a glitch out of FIFA. Like it was just, <laughs> right. oh, there's no no fans right. in the stands. All right. Um, but but yeah, I think um watching obviously the, the highlights of the second half, because you couldn't really, you know, get access to be in or I guess watch the second half of the game there, but had to just rely on the, the Twitter feed for me. But um I think after that that goal, I'm like, oh geez. Um let's not let's not you know get a draw here let's you know get another goal here and who who else gets the goal but uh mr superman himself they almost had one in the 65th minute too he almost slots one away they were on uh you know press i mean we were up a man so i was hoping going back to last week's podcast too is like we go up a man like how do we play how do we respond to that and like zach ross made a good point like chivas was kind of dominating like that last 30 minutes there it kind of felt like at times, like they were going at us a little bit more, but then we found our footing. We pressed, we almost get a goal. And then to Sam's point, um, you know, I think it was the 73rd minute, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. Um, we, we, we can call it, we can call it an onside goal. It was an onside goal. I don't think he was off, but they reviewed it still and they still called it that he was on, but that's a very big point of contention on um, Twitter and a lot of the, you know, Chivas circles on Twitter weren't very happy about that or the fact that there was a possible handball in the first half, but that's besides the point. Um, yeah. We'll take that goal. Yeah. I mean, it, it's always nice to see Vasquez get his first career hat trick. Like that was super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just another FC Cincinnati striker to, to get his, you know, hat trick. Um once again, it was nice to see Brenner get his hat trick. Um, and then now Vasquez gets his. Um, and so I don't want I don't want that to be kind of like how things go, because, you know, Brenner got his hat trick. And then, you know, after a couple of months after that, you know, he leaves and then Vasquez gets his. Let's not, you know, let's not let's not fall into this, you know, kind of flow of get a hat trick and then you leave. Um, but yeah, I think it definitely ended the game on on a nice note, and you know we we win three one, and it's you know we're feeling good into the round of thirty two. Yeah, yeah. I, I, go ahead, Zach. I was just gonna say just a little um, comment about the hat trick. It it felt like a preseason match in the second half, and like after Vasquez scored the hat trick, he was like, "Oh, okay," and just walked back. Like he didn't really celebrate. Like it was kind of a bummer that like Zach Wade couldn't go watch a hat trick from basket like that would have been amazing (laughs) if you could have seen that live like i mean it's all whatever but it's it's awesome that vasquez finally got his hat trick and um i'm I'm curious to hear what zach has to say about it yeah it was uh well same as sam following on twitter you didn't get the excitement as much but you were still like holy crap someone just had a hat trick in the span of how many hours. I don't know if that's ever been done before. Um, but uh, touching back on the, uh, on how Chiva scored um, it's uh, it's becoming a reoccurrence uh, in my, in my perspective uh, in the past couple of games I've been watching how Haglin's always in the mix and he's always a little off. Um, but I don't know if that's just um, because if you watch the replay back and the highlights back and how they scored, I I see a little push off um, from the from the middle because the guy was standing in the middle and Hagen looked like he got pushed off a little bit in the front, but it looks like he got to work on his jump training just a little bit because the dude, I love him, great great defender, uh, great soccer player to watch, but. His vert- vertical is not too good, and he's kind of slow on the v- defensive side. Um, but you got to be good at one thing. Like if you yeah. if you don't have the speed, then you got to be good in the air, or you know you, you got to have. But right now, it feels like he doesn't have both. Even though yeah. last game he scores a diving header, it was like the best own goal I've ever seen in my life. But yeah, no, that's a great shout. I mean, I I watched the replay back. I thought the same thing. I thought he got pushed too. Um, I didn't think they would call it because it was kind of like a makeup because of the first half yellow and like the red. I thought the red was a red. I don't know what you guys thought, but I, I felt like it was a denial of a clear 
goal scoring chance. Um, but that was one thing I wanted to kind of touch on is the physicality of, um, you know, playing the Chivas team. Uh, you see it live in the stadium. I don't know, Zach, if you felt this, but every time Vasquez gets the ball or Bupenza or Acosta, you know, their guys are on us. I mean, they were on our touch every single time, but we probably played the cleanest game I've seen, you know, with getting the ball in, whipping it around. It was impressive to see how they took it and that they didn't fall into the physicality of it because too many times I've seen where teams would get chippy with us and we'll get more into, you know, pushing and shoving instead of actually playing. So we dominated with our play instead of our, uh, you know, Matt Miazga style yelling at other players in the ref. So. <laughs> to, to your point, to your point, I was I was very impressed with how Angula handled himself there in the midfield mm-hmm. as well. Um, you know, with as much physicality as you know those Mexican teams come with, I thought he handled himself pretty well next to Inmobido. Yeah, I mean that's that's a good point. I mean, uh, Ryan, you said there we were very disciplined this match. Like Obi didn't get a yellow, so that means something, right? <laughs> Like yes, sir. <laughs> anytime he doesn't get a yellow, then I think we're doing something right on our fouls. Right. Um, but it, it, it is really um, interesting to see the pressure, like the difference in pressure from like a Mexican team versus a MLS team. Like it, it's like they fire on all cylinders on that back line. They jump on people um, so fast. Like you don't have any time to make any reactions. It's, um, it's a high press style, like almost Red Bulls, but they're technical like in the right. game and they can play it across the field. I was just looking at a stat here. I saw is uh, we defended 15 corner kicks. So, I mean, they would swing the ball from side to side or play through balls that were tough for sometimes Murphy um, to handle or for some of our outside backs to, to kind of contain. Um, now, what I thought was interesting too, to kind of put that more, you know, in, in depth here for pressure, um, we had 26 clearances and they only had four clearances. So even though we, you know, scored three goals and put them under, it shows you at least we had times where we did have to clear the ball out. And maybe we did, you know, in that sense, get rid of a goal scoring opportunity. Cause I think they only had one goal or one shot on goal. And that was the goal. That was it. Otherwise, it, you know, Khan wasn't really tested. So that's, that was impressive to me. So any last, uh, I guess, points or anything we wanted to bring up about the Chivas game here? No. I think it was um, bizarre for me. Um, like I said, you know, just going to a game and not like seeing it finish to have to like follow it in this way. I just hope that never happens again. Um, just it, it's, it's just, just a, bizarre. Just another League's Cup, you know. Yeah. League's Cup, whatever you want to call it. Right. Well, and, and that was the thing is like we we're trying to figure out like what's the league rules for it. Like we had touched on it was like 1 a.m. when – you know, they like finally call it. And like Zach said, we tried to stay for it. We wanted to see it out, but at the same time, it's not like it's a Saturday night, you know, it's, it was a Thursday night. So it was just bizarre. Um, again, I, one thing that I'll kind of briefly touch on is they did the same thing as the last match too, with um, they, you know, had the, you know, U S national anthem um, while we were still on the concourse, then the teams didn't even come out they didn't even do the Mexican national anthem guys. We were playing a team from Mexico and they didn't even do their anthem. It was just bizarre. So bizarre. You can maybe even, that's going to be like my random shout out as like a a yellow card here. It's not my formal yellow card, but it should be a a shout out because that's just ridiculous when you have a leagues cup game for two countries and you can't even get that right. So um, anyway, I'm, I'm off my little rant here. (laughs) Get off your soapbox. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I have a trivia question for you guys here. Um, and I'll ask you, Sam might have alluded to it a little bit, so I might change my question a little bit. I'll tell you the original one, and then uh, I might modify it a little bit here. Okay. So um, how many players have scored a hat trick in FC Cincinnati history, including our USL days before the MLS? You get a bonus point if you can guess who the players are. Um, I'll start with Sam. Um, considering I, I feel like I've already said two. Um, I know that there is two, um, but I, my guess is I'm going to go with four. And then uh, players would be Vasquez, Brenner, 
Um, Ledesma, I think, probably had one in there. And then, I don't know, random random guess. I'm going to uh, Danny Koenig. <laughs> okay. King Koenig is the, the shout out there. All right. Zach uh, Cross, what do you think? Oh man, I I have I was gonna say four, but I think I'm gonna have to go five because you added one in there that I just remembered. So I'll, I'll do <laughs> those same four, but add Jibby Fall. Okay. Ooh. Uh, Z Dub, what do you think? Uh, I'm just gonna guess the number, and I think it's seven. Okay. All right, seven it is. Um, I guess like one thing that I would kind of note too is. I'm talking about, I guess, the players, not necessarily how many games they had hat tricks too. So that might be a little bit of a, you know, something to think about. I like your answers though. So we'll find out by the, <laughs> the end of the episode. Uh, stay tuned to that one. It's uh, it's pretty interesting actually. So we'll go to uh, our sponsor break here and then we'll be back. We'll touch a little bit on our cards of the week um, and our jersey swaps and we'll go from there. So see you back here in a second. So Agility is a technology-driven soccer training facility. So we offer six facets of training. Uh, that would be Tech Touch uh, with ball launchers that work on your first touch, the TSZ, uh, which is the ESA equipment and working on decision-making. We also have a circuit. Uh, circuit training would be taking the ESA equipment to the next level. It's kind of like a soccer obstacle course. Then we offer neuroscience training with our reflection tools. Uh, working on processing things a little bit faster, hand-eye coordination and such. Uh, we offer skills classes, which is your typical corporate skills training. Um, lots of people still enjoy that, so we work on a lot of attacking 1v1 skills. And then we also offer athlete development. So our athletes come here and they work on speed, agility, uh, quickness, explosive movements, really just learning how to move and function a little bit better as an athlete. Welcome back, everyone. Um, we had just chatted on FC Cincinnati's big win against Chivas. It was a 3-1 win over the course of two days, something that uh, the three and before the four of us had never seen. So that was um, pretty interesting. But I wanted to say thanks to uh, Zach for coming on uh, and giving us his perspective. Like he said, you know, he was in the stadium with me. Um, so we uh, just wanted to get his side of things, which was nice to have. Um Always good to have, you know, multiple people there in the stadium, get different perspectives of it. So um, real quickly, one thing I wanted to kind of touch on is um, I was actually wrong in the last podcast, guys. This win here uh, makes this our 21st win of the season, not our 20th. So our overall record this season is 21-6-2. Incredible. Just so good in all competitions. Um, so very happy about that. Um, any, I guess, final thoughts? I didn't really get a chance to, you know, give you guys that part of things. I guess. Yeah, I, I think, you know, once again, being twenty plus wins on the season, I, I think the two losses is, is extremely impressive. Um, I think that there could be, you know, multiple trophies on the rise. Hopefully, here in the next couple months. Um, but I, I don't want to obviously jump ahead too much, but I, you know, this team is is something special and it, it's just, it's great to see. It really is. Yeah. It's, it's unreal to see the consistency that's coming from them week in, week out. The fact that they like with our congested schedule, the, the fact that we are able to still pull out wins, even in cup play with our depth and, kind of moving people around it's it's been fantastic and really kind of fun to see how pat's going to pull out some sort of lineup each and every week so um it's, it's an exciting year for sure it's been an impressive um run and you know just being a fan of the early i guess mls years even back to the uso you know we did pretty well but early mls was kind of rough so this is fun to watch um we'll kind of ride the high wave here uh sam what was your jersey swap of the week yeah, I think, you know, usually Ryan takes the the easy jersey swap. So I, I figured I, <laughs> I, take, I take the easy jersey swap this week and I'll go with Brandon Vasquez. Um, you know, the guy, you know, once again, like we touched on first career hat trick and, you know, like I touched on in, in the first half of the pod, you know, he, he's been the Brandon Vasquez that we saw last season. You know, um, he's back to being in that form 
form it feels like ever since he came back from the U.S. men's national team. He's got four goals and one assist in three games. Um, and I, I think his finishing's there and his movement off the ball is there as well. So he's finding those little spots to where Barrial, Acosta, you know, whoever else is, you know, feeding him the ball, he's getting in those right spots, right? And so, you know, once again, and, he, and he's showing, you know, like I said, he can do it by himself as well. So um, I really think, you know, he, he's gaining a lot of momentum here and, and hopefully he, he stays with us here in the next, you know, couple of days here by the end of the transfer window. <laughs> he's got now 10 goals in 23 games. He's yep. already matched his MLS season number of goals uh, just in League's Cup alone, I think. So good shout. Zach, uh, what about you? What was your jersey swap of the week? Yeah, I went with the uh, good old Barreal. Um I don't think I, I don't think I've chosen him yet for this year for uh Jersey swap, but he uh, had two assists of the two nights um, getting uh, looks from both um, Ajax and um, Monza in the Serie A and Eredivisie. Um, so I, he's doing his job. He's got four goals, 10 assists um, across all competitions, of course. Um, he's, playing fantastic in cup runs in the cup run and, and, and regular season. So I think he, um, one of the best wing backs, I think in MLS this year, I, I don't think there's really much competition, but I think, uh, he's definitely got that one. I'm going to ride that just for a second, because I just think the dude has just been out of this world. Think about like, Zach and Sam, like you've, you guys have played soccer. Like it's easy to like pick up, like kicking a ball, like playing a position, like, you know, his whole young, I guess, life, he's been more of an attacking player, but to go and transfer him to put him in, you know, a left wing back role only last year. And now he, like you said, Zach is like arguably the best left back slash wing back, like in the league and was like an MOS all-star in that position shut down like Arsenal's like better players, like unbelievable for him to come in and just do his job. I mean, he's the ultimate, like do your job guy, you know, like, and it's interesting to like, think about if maybe Lucho wasn't here, if he would be doing as well, but credit to the coaching staff for, you know, putting him in that position to succeed, but for him to really work at it and to say, I want to play, you know, no matter what, I don't care where I'm playing. I just want to be on the field. So, yeah. And, and I actually want to just piggyback off that. Um, I think Barrial had he continued playing as a, a forward or a winger, I don't think he would get as many looks with um, like, like he's just such a u- utility player. He's able to play that wing back position. And the fact that he's excelling at that position is getting a lot of looks from people because that's a very, specialized role and I, I think he's gonna he's gonna go far you mentioned like uh the rumor was out today that um Ajax a team in the Dutch league and then a Serie A team was also interested in him I'm not surprised and I think we're going to be seeing a lot more looks uh, of you know Barial in the future Zach you make a great point though left wing back like that left-footed young player who's ambitious that you can maybe even put as a outside winger uh in the attack like that opens up doors. So um, a side note for, I guess, Ajax, I saw today there, one of their assistant coaches was a former FC assistant coach. So there's some connection there, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I think if Barrial has the, has the chance to to go to Europe, I mean, it, it's hard not to, to say, you know, he's really earned it. Right. Um, you know, out of anybody on this squad, obviously besides Lucho, he's been that second guy, right. Who's really, helped carry FC Cincinnati to where they are this season. And so um, his his transfer fee has probably risen exponentially. I know we bought him for, I want to say, a little over one mil. Um, and now it's got to be at least five, six, seven um, in that area. So credit to him in, in the next uh, the past couple of years, really working hard on his craft. And, you know, like Ryan said, really adjusting to, you know, this system that Pat Noonan's created. Segway. You guys ready for my jersey swap of the week? <laughs> it's Pat Noonan. Woo! <laughs> I think Pat's done a phenomenal job. This game was no exception to that. Um, 
the way that he managed, you know, having players like we talked about earlier on in the podcast over two days playing like phenomenal, you know, I mean, it, it helps that you're up a man. It helps you're up two goals, but still like putting the right guys out there, trusting your guys, putting Khan in the back, putting Angulo, like Sam, you touched on earlier, a young player against one of the best Mexican teams, like, and he excelled. Um, that's a credit to your coach. That's a credit to those guys having belief in him. Uh, like we touched on with Barial, like everyone's bought in. So Pat's got it down right. And I hope that we continue that train. So Pat Noonan, um, we'll, we'll swap shirts or something because I don't think you, you probably don't have a jersey, but dude, you, you've done a great job so far. The man deserves an award. Let's get him a team of the <laughs> week award or something. Dude's something. not had any team of the week manager like positions. None. It's ridiculous. So Sam, what was, uh, I guess on the opposite side, what was your card of the week? Yeah. I mean, car of the week is usually something negative um, around FC Cincinnati or around the game or something like that. Um, my card goes to our rivals um, in the Columbus crew fans. Hmm. They're, they're probably crying their eyes right now. Um, you know, just bawling their eyes out because Zeller Ryan is, is going to the Saudi league. Um now, we don't know the fee. We don't know the salary. However, that doesn't really matter um, because Columbus Crew has, what, two days, three days to to find somebody to replace him. And they're sixth right now um, in the standings. And so even the, the crew president slash general manager described the offer as one they really couldn't refuse. Right. Um, and so as a club legend, I, I find that, you know, kind of gut-wrenching if you will but i'm not a columbus crew fan so i'm just gonna laugh at it um but you know they're losing a guy who's responsible for 40 percent of their goals this season whether that be assisting or scoring you know i i think i think that's gonna be a huge blow and it's gonna be you know kind of nice to see uh their next mls game is against us so um should be nice to see what the atmosphere is in the stadium if they're still picking up the tissues or you know what's going on but uh that's kind of my card of the week dude always slighting and columbus crew i love it i love it zach you what was your card of the week man i just got a compliment sam you killed that card um <laughs> but honestly mine was there wasn't really much to hate honestly my, mine was kind of uh just an interesting like just silly one the fact that mexico has uh, Jersey numbers in the hundreds is so cool. Like it's cool, but it's like also silly as heck. Like the fact that like a player can have the number 330 or whatever, like why? Like, it's just like the <laughs> it on the back of the Jersey. It like fills the entire uh, back panel. So it's like, it, it it's cool because it's, it, you can see like if there's a player um, with the higher number, it, it's interesting to see them on a first tier team because usually that's a lower tier tier player because they stay with that number throughout their entire um, academy or whatever. So seeing a player with 300 or 200 playing on the first team for Mexico is actually really impressive. So I thought that was kind of a cool uh, situation overall. Good shout. I, I didn't realize that. That's interesting, though. And just to see that they like work through their system. Um, I guess I, I know my answer to this question. I had a question for you both. Um, my, I guess, question, I'll phrase it this way, is you, you touched on jersey numbers. What I don't think we ever touched on this in our podcast. What would be your jersey number, Zach, if you were playing professionally? Not 300. Well, it would start with a three. It would be either three or thirty-three. Are we more all, than likely? I think we're all threes. That Dude. that's insane. We all we all like the number three. That is hilarious. Yeah. I know Sam's answer to that one already. So I'm yeah. gonna yeah. ask him. Gonna be a three, huh? <laughs> yeah. Dang. That's funny. All right, that's that's good. We found that out tonight. So uh, you're welcome, everyone. Um, my uh, card of the week was gonna be touching on it again. Just the decision to end this past game at one a.m. Like can we have some sort of rule that says after like an hour or two, let's just make a decision. 
Like we don't need to like delay this and delay this and like have people wait and they don't know what's going on. The media doesn't know what's going on. The league didn't even need, you know, seem to know what was going on. Um, there's just got to be a better cohesive way to get this done. Again, I've never seen this happen. Uh, it'll be a, I guess a soft yellow for me, but um, I don't know. I'm just sick of like rain delays. So I'm going to do that as part of it too. And I guarantee the next game, probably Friday, it's going to rain now because I said that, but oh well. I, think, I, I thought it was interesting that to add to it. I didn't get to really add to it earlier. I did have like a couple of people, you know, um, you know, the rest of my family that were at the game that were asking me like, is this kind of like baseball where if it gets rained out, you know, whoever's in the lead, you know, or after like a certain period of time, like, cause it was after halftime. Right. So does that, is that like a, you know, games right. done and then, you know, whoever's winning wins or, you know, how does that work? And I, I think to that point, does that make it too like American? You know what I mean? Does that change soccer so much? Um, but I think from a fan perspective, you want to see a result. Like you don't want there to be nobody in the stands. Like, I think that that's kind of the situation that you don't want to run into if, you know, I'm FC Cincinnati or if I'm, you know, the MLS or the people putting together leagues cup. I left that game saying, or asking the same question as to whether like, you know, this is kind of the tournament to like figure some of these rules out. Like your touch on baseball, like, you know, they would implement the minor leagues for, you know, different rules for things. Let's use Leagues Cup to say, you know, we're going to do PKs as our way to end things and change the point values. We're going to, you know, maybe change the way that we do like weather delays. If it's doing this, okay, well, if it's been 60 minutes, then that team wins um, because it doesn't seem to, I guess, happen as much. It's just interesting. That's a good point. I've not really thought about that. And I hope I never have to really think about that again either. So <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on, um, you know, we touched on it. FC advanced. Um, we had two games in this Leagues Cup uh, group play. Um, we topped the the group there tonight. Um, Sporting Kansas City will play uh, Chivas, which kind of determines second place. We actually won't, you know, go on to play one of those teams, but this coming Friday, we'll host a home game in the final 32, either versus Chicago, Nashville, or a Deportiva uh, Toluca, I think is how I pronounce it, um, depending on the winner of tonight's game between the Toluca team and the Colorado. So it'll be interesting. Um, I'm looking forward to hopefully playing, you know, teams we don't get to play too much, as much as like Nashville would crave to play their rivals again. Uh, you know, I want to play somebody different and uh, it would be a good time to do that. It'd be cool to see um, again on a Friday night. It'll be rocking. I'm sure the TQL, even though it's a shorter time for people to buy tickets, I'm sure people are going to buy it up. So are you guys looking forward to that one coming up? Yeah, I think to your point, I, I want to see somebody that we haven't played. And I, I think Toluca would be really cool um, to not only play another Mexican team, but to, to dominate another one so that way we can continue to to look like the most dominant force you know in northern america uh i think that would be that'd be really cool um but i think watching the the other leagues cup games um i think toluca has a they're up one on goal differential and so um colorado hasn't won a game they don't have any points so i think you know, all, all Toluca has to do really is just get a draw or get points and, and they win the, um, I guess, their, uh, their group. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to, I think it'd be a, I, preference with entertainment value, I'd rather see Toluca play us. Um, I, I think seeing them come from, you said they're playing in Colorado, so they're, they're playing, coming from Denver, so quick turnaround that'll be a a tough pill to swallow for them with having to travel over here to good old ohio and and playing in the heat as well i mean it's supposed to be really hot this this coming week so having um having that quick turnaround their travels probably beating them up um so i think that'll be a a preference on my part to play toluca they kind of give us a good like um outlook on teams that we would possibly play. I want to kind of turn our attention towards our own team now. Um, 
coming out of like a split day game, if you want to call it, you want to see how your guys are doing. How did they fare over, you know, playing, you know, in two different, I guess, settings, you know, one where it's raining, one where it's really hot in the back to back. Um, I'm interested to see how Pat will actually, you know, make us line up, I guess, for this game. Um, earlier on in the beginning of like leagues cup, I thought, okay, Khan's going to start, but maybe as we get down into the knockouts more, maybe Salantano starts getting in to get him some, you know, PK experience. Like we talked about last podcast, but um, knowing kind of the way that he's been coaching this team, he's going to roll out the same people. Let's be honest. I mean, it's going to be the same starting lineup, maybe probably Angulo again. I would love to see that again. Um, he's been playing well recently. Um, Mourinho at some point has got to come back in. I feel like some, some ways you got to merge your starters and some of your backup guys to get ready. Like we had touched on, on our next MLS season game, which is, um, August 20th against the crew. So if our guys have been, you know, playing here and there, not really playing as many minutes, you go and play Columbus and you really haven't had those guys start and play a lot, then they're not really prepared. So in the two games, we've seen a balance. We've seen mascara in for one you know, Miazgin for the other one. So he's kind of doing a good rotation of those guys to continue to get them minutes, but through the knockout stage will be interesting to see. I think he'll start our main guys because historically the MLS season has been where you continue to play through your all-star break and everything. So um, those guys are going to play heavy minutes, I think still. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point about just getting everybody kind of back into things um you know the the regular starters if you will you touched on moreno um and also you know celentano um being another one um i think arias probably another one that it's usually ever gets back from colombia yeah yeah, usually the the better start on the right hand side right um just getting those guys more involved this next game would be nice um you know if it is a substitute or if it is a start um, just to get their legs underneath them again, because obviously the game's a little bit different than training. So um, I'd like to have them ready to go against Columbus, especially for that game. Yeah. I, with, with the schedule and whatnot, um, I I don't remember when the final is, you might have to. It's like right before or right after the Columbus game. It's like, I think the day before something like that. Which will really play an interesting part if we, if we can keep our momentum going in the, in the cup and keeping, uh, keeping those wins coming. And, and I think with that, I think having a solid back line with these knockout stages with having both Mascara and Miazga in, um, I think will be critical and having, you know, I'm I'm torn between both Haglin and Murphy. I'm gonna be honest <laughs> with you guys. I don't know who I'd rather have at this point. Uh, you, you got one scoring on goals, but then the other ones picking up yellows and, and reds and reds. Let's be honest. Like <laughs> it, I don't know which one I'd rather have, and and they're both kind of same speed, and it's it's tough. Honestly, do you I, look outward then? That was going to be my oh, next question. Oh. Is, uh, <laughs> do we do we find somebody in the next two days? The MLS transfer window ends August 2nd, this Wednesday. Do we trust the guys we have or do we look outside? What do you guys think? I mean, as of right now, it hasn't really bit us in the butt too much. Um, you know, thank God for, for Lucho because he's he's rescued us from those mishaps and he pretty much which is the only reason why we've recovered from <laughs> those certain games. Um, but yeah, you, you have to like, if you want to win every single competition we're in right now, you, you gotta go get some depth because when it comes to trying to win all of these competitions, you're going to need depth to give guys breaks. Right. So I think getting one more center back um, and I don't, do we need another strike. I mean, I don't know if Santos is, I don't Baji's think coming back too. Yeah, Baji's coming back too. So uh, I think we'll be fine. But center back is definitely the the thing that we need. And so if they could get it in the next couple of days, that'd be great. Um, if not, you know, I don't I don't think it's gonna cost us um the regular season title, but um it could cost us some other cup. Well, touching on like the fact of being in multiple cups as well, like you need 
the depth for that. If you're going to make deep runs and, you know, maybe in leagues cup, you get guys experience playing in a deep run, which kind of sets yourself up for uh, MLS cup later in the year. I mean, we're already in the semifinal of open cup, so that's getting guys good experience that way. Um, Sam, you had sent me this rumor, I guess, from the MLS Turkey account uh, that basically is touching on that uh, FC is looking at a center back from the Turkish league. Uh, historically, guys, we've been pretty uh, good at getting guys from that league so far. What do you think? Two for two. <laughs> two for two. Yeah, yeah you, you mentioned on your notes, you say rumor from MLS Turkey, but don't say the name. And I'm like sitting here, come on, what? Who's who is this? Like, do well, we know? They they had a rumor about a a guy who played for Sam. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was San Jose before. I think so. I he was a a 31 year old center back with good experience. Um, Gives gives an added experience. Yeah. Yeah, had played previously in the MLS, but was looking to possibly come back. Um, I'll have to go back and look exactly who that guy was, but it could just be chatter of the agent trying to find this guy a team. Who knows? It's always fun to kind of follow those things, though. I think, you know, we've been fortunate this year. We've had such a good team. We don't really need to, like, be like Columbus. Shout out to Sam's card for that. You know, right now they're like, who are we going to get? Oh, my gosh, we're in sixth place. You know, this is our year. Like, we just brought in a center back today. We just lost our, you know, best player, you know. So we're not in that desperate mode, which I'm very thankful to be in right now. (laughs) Any final thoughts, I guess, um, on either Transfer Window, Leaks Cup, uh, before I give you guys our, our trivia answer? No, I think we're all uh, we're all good. Zach, I'm, what about you? I'm just uh, I'm looking forward to go going to see a match this Friday. How about all you right. guys? <laughs> yeah, potentially. <laughs> <laughs> you guys gotta come on you got you guys gotta come with me let's go <laughs> um the one last thing i wanted to kind of point on um tonight into the morning the u.s women's national team plays their final group game they play portugal so i'm going to be rooting on um you know those girls to hopefully advance i think they're in a good position to right now never um, never lost to portugal they've never lost to portugal i didn't know that interesting yep and uh, my other side note was Zach looks like he's painting his uh, room the color of <laughs> Seattle Sounders, so we'll have to change that. Um, <laughs> no, but... it's just green grass. It's green grass. That's oh, it's he... the pitch, right? Yeah, yeah it's the pitch. Down, he wants to, yeah, he's putting it on the pitch, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, guys, how about we give you our, our trivia answer for this week? You ready for it? Let's hear it. All right, so reading the question here again, how many players have scored a hat trick in FC Cincinnati history? Uh, including our USL days. Um, and then again, it was a bonus if you could guess the players. Uh, Sam, I think you might have to remind me on this one. I had locked in four. Yeah. Okay. And had a couple of named guys earlier on in the podcast with Brandon Vasquez, Brunner, uh, and Koenig and Ledesma. I think were his four. Yeah. Um, Zach, you had, I think, was it five? I had five, and you had an honorable mention for GB. Yeah, he was he was the fifth, along As with the four fifth. that yeah the four that Sam said. Yep. Well, combined, you guys were kind of right on this one, but uh, on the people part. So the answer was three. <laughs> oh, it was actually three. So pretty interesting. Um, we've had uh, back in the USL days, 2017, GB had four goals against St. Louis. So he actually had you know, four, it was pretty cool. Not even just a hat trick. Um, and then going back to MLS, our first like two years or three years, I guess, technically we didn't really have anybody (laughs) score more than like one goal, to be honest. Um, I thought Ledesma Sam was a good shout. I thought he for sure had it because he led the league in the USL in 2018 in goals. It was Brenner last year who had three hat tricks in a single season which is pretty incredible. He's the only guy on our roster, I guess, to score a hat trick in the MLS season. Um, Vasquez, obviously, you know, having this one in Leagues Cup doesn't count towards the MLS, but I thought that was pretty interesting. That's crazy. I I would have thought many more people had scored a hat trick, but you're right. There's a, quite a drought, <laughs> so to speak. Our first couple of years, we like had like 10 goals scored or something like ridiculous like that over the course of the whole season. 
So I was like, I'm not even going to look at those first couple because I knew it wasn't good. <laughs> but yeah, shout out to Brandon Vasquez for getting, you know, three goals against this team that, um, you know, really wanted him. And actually that Vasquez was a fan of growing up too. I don't know if you guys realize that or not. It was this childhood team that he supported. Um, so he was playing motivated, which is kind of cool. Absolutely, yeah. So, well, if we got nothing else to touch on here, then um, I will kind of shut this down for our episode. Um, we'll chat next week, hopefully on a big win on this coming Friday um, in the round of 32. Hopefully by then we'll be heading to the Sweet 16. Maybe another um, signing? Possible another signing. Uh, and then down the line here, don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but we might have uh, another former MLS guy, maybe current FC person around the club uh, coming on for an interview with us. So Ayo. stay tuned for that, guys. Really excited um, for everyone to, to hear that interview. So um, we will see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in today.